is Zena, and you're listening to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If you're ready to take your fitness, your body, and your life to the next level, then this is the place to be. And I'm so excited you're here, so now let's begin. I know it's been a minute, and I know I gotta catch up with y'all because otherwise it's just gonna overflow. And I wanna make sure that, you know, I stay up to date with y'all because we on this day fest daily journey together. Okay, we're in this together. Hi, I'm Amina. Welcome. If it's your first time on this podcast, I'm a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, DJ, entrepreneur. It's really weird to kind of get my job title because I don't really feel like what I do is a job. I feel like I'm just being me and doing what I like to do, which is work out with people in a room with music. And I also do one-on-one. <coughs> Ew. I also do one-on-one online coaching, nutrition body transformations which are major which are lit people be going from zero to a hundred real quick in a safe sustainable and realistic way and i'm also a dj music producer uh professionally it's crazy that i can even say that sometimes i have uh, to like remember that not only am i professional dj but uh some points not at all points because businesses be up and down y'all but at some points, I've been paid to make music, so that's pretty cool. And I am working on a project right now. Really excited to drop it in 2024. And that's really what I want to talk about is my bougie self-care routines, seasons in life, and healing trauma. Those are the three topics. So first, I really had a great day today. I just want to talk about my bougie self-care routine. So I live in Amsterdam, and... Fortunately, things for like self-care here are reasonably priced. Like health insurance is so reasonable. Like I pay 120 a month and like I can go to the dentist and I don't really go to the doctor. I'm thinking about going to the doctor just because I have health insurance. And here's the thing about me. I'm real. I know medicine exists and Western medicine is important for certain things. I understand like especially if you need like a surgery and there's just certain treatments and pills that you definitely take and it helps your body. I, I'm, I a hundred percent agree. And I also am somebody that's big into Eastern medicine. Like I do Chinese herbs and I take, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, plant medicine, and I smoke weed. Like, so I'm into herbs and natural remedies, but I ultimately think that above all of that, your mind can heal your body more than anything else. So if I'm healthy, then I'm healthy and I don't need somebody to like, you know, check on my body and let me know. And sometimes I'm skeptical because I think coming from America, we know that the healthcare system is for profit, which is like literally beyond unethical. Like the healthcare system should literally not fucking be for profit. It should be for the wellness and benefit of people. Like, I don't know. But I think because of that mindset, I get really weird about going to the doctor. Like if they find something i'm like oh well they're just trying to make money and a few people in europe have kind of had this conversation with people and they're like they didn't get it like they get it because they understand that about america but they didn't quite like that's not their first instinct out here to be like oh my gosh this doctor's trying to make money off of me whereas for me it is so sometimes i get skeptical about going to the doctor out here even though it's like i can and i should and i probably will just because i'm actually talking on this podcast and and bringing it up maybe i will go get a pap smear i'm kind of scared though like, I don't want somebody, like, up in my vajay. And I had a friend go, and she said that they found, like, this small little cervical cancer, but fortunately they caught it, and 
you know, she had a little part of her uterus clipped off and this and that. And, you know, she's 30 and she's like, wow, I'm so glad I went because if I wouldn't have gone, it would have spread. It would have got worse. And ever since she told me that, I've kind of been like scared. But I know deep down I don't have cancer. Like I'm free. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know my body. I know I'm healthy. I think we all know our bodies. I think it's so funny how sometimes I'll get headaches, not often, but I always know why. Sometimes it's usually because of just overexertion. Like if I don't get enough sleep, that's it. It's not even overexertion for me. It's under sleeping. That is what leads to headaches. Nothing else, you know, period. No. And it's just for me, seven hours just ain't it. It, I have really need like eight to 10 hours. And then a lot of times, like I just lay in bed after like I wake up for a few hours. If I have the time, if I have that sort of day. Because I'm at a place in my life where I understand rest is equally as productive as work. So that is bougie self-care. I don't really have to set an alarm clock. Um, I've designed a life where sometimes I do just because, you know, I still go out and I teach classes and I work with clients and stuff. But I've set up my life to the point where my sleep and my mornings are usually just for me. Every now and then, I, I and I do have some morning things. Like I'd say, you know, on my schedule right now, I have... Wednesday mornings, I have a client and, um, you know, at 10 a.m. though, which is early for me, but I like it because then I get to, otherwise I will fall into a really crazy pattern. Like during the pandemic, girl, I will go to bed at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. You heard right. Me and my twin brother are the same. Like I can easily, okay. When I go to bed at two or 3 a.m., that's the ideal spot because if I need to get up early, because sometimes I teach morning classes at like nine or 10, just, just to like keep myself up at a normal time, because I really am such a night person that there's been times like during the pandemic, I'd go to bed at 9 a.m. and get up at 5 p.m. because that's eight hours. But when you start your day at 5 p.m., <laughs> it sounds so crazy. But at the time, like I had clients in Singapore and Thailand, like I had a moment in the pandemic where like all of my clients were in California and like Asia. So it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, but yeah, I don't want to go through that again because that doesn't feel good. So I'm at a place right now where I like to go to bed, ideally at like 2 or 3 a.m. That's really when I'm going to get good sleep. Then you wake up at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., which a lot of people are like, oh, it's late. But no, because you can you can get going like stores don't close until six or seven. So it's like you can get up and still have six hours to be with everybody else in the world. You know what I'm saying? So I do like to just have a few morning things once or twice a week just to keep myself in a healthy sleep pattern. But I, most of the time I don't really set an alarm clock and I work later in the day, I work later at night. And that's bougie. And that's what I want everybody to achieve in life. I want you to achieve your ideal sleep schedule and get enough sleep. Do what you need to do. Like I have to work for this. This is, it's bougie, but I have created this through a lot of effort, work, crafting, honing my skill set, becoming so good at what I do in my business that I've gotten my place, myself to a place where I don't have to set an alarm clock most days. I still do, okay? But not, you know, five days. I work, I work like every day, but that's also part of the balance is like, I'll work every day if I have the energy and I actually like what I do and I'm excited, then for sure, let me go do what I love and get paid, it's dope. That's bougie self-care, man, setting up a life that you love. And today I had a really great day because I had, it was a light day. I had one client in the morning, my Wednesday morning, and then 
I went to Freeze Lab, which is a cryotherapy. Well, it's overall wellness boutique at this point. And that's exactly what I did. It's funny. I tell people I go to cryotherapy and they're like, what do you mean you cry? Cryotherapy is a form of ice therapy, cold therapy. It's really cold air. It's not water. You don't get wet or anything like that. So essentially you go into a freezer for three minutes. It's negative 110 Celsius, which is around 170 Fahrenheit, negative 170. So I'm in there for three minutes, kills all the inflammation in your body, heals your mind, heals your soul, man. That shit is, I know I was a Viking in my past life. I feel like I was a Viking at some point in my life and I probably worked in either a graveyard or a lighthouse because when it's like, 2 a.m. I'm just like outside chilling and I'm just like, I get so energized at that time at night. You know what I mean? Even though I like to, it's, it's, I'm just a night person. I'm a vampire. But basically today I went into a pressurized oxygen chamber for one hour. I started that last month because my little subscription, I get to go once a month with the package and like, it really gives you energy. And I think I explained this before, but in Vegas in 2017, I tried an oxygen bar for the first time. And basically what it does is that your lungs are getting oxygen all the time, but there's more room for better and more oxygen in your lungs. It's kind of just like a vitamin, essentially. It's like boosting the oxygen you're already breathing, getting your more oxygen into your body, and you just feel so good. I can't explain it. Like, my mind is clear. I feel like I'm buzzing. And I also did red light therapy. I did the freeze, and I did a little massage chair. So I was there for two hours just vibing. Then I went and cooked, nice healthy meal, had just chicken, vegetables, brown rice. Went and dropped my bike off at the repair shop. And then I walked to H&M and then I made a return and I was talking on the phone with my girl and I booked a nail appointment, went to the coffee shop, smoked the CBD joint. Like it was such a good day. Now I'm here. It's just like a vibe. Like that's bougie self-care, man. Just vibing in your day, living in a place you love, doing what you love every day booking nail appointments. I booked my hair appointment yesterday. Like I said, I shopped Lululemon. I got the Gymshark sale, girl. I feel good today. Today was like my little bougie shopping. And you got to have those moments because honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to like pull the energy down, but fuck it. The craziest stuff is happening in the world right now. And we're all seeing it. We're seeing Palestine. We're seeing the conflict. We're seeing the genocide. We're seeing it in the Congo. We're seeing it in Sudan. We're seeing it in Ukraine. We've been seeing it in, in, in North Korea, but I feel like most urgently, it's just been Gaza because it's been just absurd, the amount of people. And it, it, I, there's really no words for how bad it is. And like, I'm, I really, I don't mean to pull down the energy, but it feels like the elephant in the room, at least for me. It feels like, wow, there's no way I'm not going to say something about this. Like, I almost feel guilty, like over here, like, oh, I have such a great life and I'm having such a good day. But the reason I, I overall don't feel guilty, even though people are suffering, is because I know that in my heart, I know this in all of our heart, we, we do feel the grief and we all are connected and we all feel the suffering of these people. I'm not saying don't feel or empathize with them. We need to feel and empathize with them. And in my opinion, and if, if you hate me for this, then you do. I think it is Israel's fault. I think Israel is the aggressor. I think it's the government though. I don't think it's all Israeli people. This isn't about anybody being Jewish. This is not about Israeli people. I, I know a lot of Israeli people are probably suffering too. Those that have been brainwashed into seeing Palestinians as less than human and those that don't even want to be a part of this. You know, it's like being in America. It's like the white people that aren't about, you know, killing black people. It, 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 this has been a theme all throughout human history. 
So I, I guess that's why I'm not saying, again, it, it is hard to have this conversation. It's not easy, but somebody somewhere has to hold the vibration of happiness. Yes, we all have to collectively make change and shifts and do better, but that also starts by people being better and by creating a society that you want to live in and being the type of person and living the life you want to live because it sounds so silly, but there was a time in human history where me as a woman could not live alone in a big city, have my own business, walk around in public with my own money, shopping and having a great day without a man around, without getting in trouble. Like it seems so small and stupid to say that, but it's so fucking huge. So yes, I'm a woman with a business, living alone, have my own money, going around shopping, wearing a crop top out in public, completely safe in a city where I know I'm completely safe, where the law matters and is upheld and the citizens are well-dressed, kind, clean people. You know, I didn't get hit on at all. Like Amsterdam, creepy men don't follow you and hit on you ever. It's safe. It's clean. I'm out at 2, 3, 4 a.m. under a bridge, not scared. You know what I'm saying? Like that has how safe and wonderful of a environment Amsterdam is. And so in order to create that for the world, we have to create it for ourselves. So amongst the chaos, you still have to show up for yourself and do what's best for you. You still have to take care of yourself and be happy because happiness has to be somewhere. So I am happy. And it's, it's, it's hard to say that, but it's true. I'd rather be happy. It's easier to be happy. It's easier to be successful. So recently at the spin studio I work at, there was auditions for new instructors and somebody was just asking me how I do it. Cause a lot of times so many people, and I've, I feel like I've created a lot of spin instructors. I've helped a lot of people make videos and figure out the rhythm. And I've referred people and they've become instructors and like almost, I'd say maybe like 20, 30 people have asked me personally how to become an instructor. Cause I've been doing this for 15 years. Right. So living in New York, living in Amsterdam, I really have mentored a few people. Um, and something I always say is just like easier to succeed than to fail, like getting on stage and just being good at what you do. Like, just choose it. Just stop fucking around. Just choose it. Like I work good under pressure. I like when, because when you're a fitness instructor, you have to be on time. Okay. And you have to deliver, you have to show up physically, mentally, emotionally, you have to public speak. You have, you have to be ready. You have to have the outfit. You have to have the energy for a group of people coaching, guiding, being aware, being awake, being alive. So just do it, man. Nike killed it with that. Like, just do it. Like, that is my life. Period. Just period. Stop. Stop going beyond and around. Just start here. Do it. Go now. Like, be good at what you do through practice and repetition. And being an instructor is really cool. Maybe one day I'll, I'll do a whole podcast on all the things that you have to think about and what it's like. But I wanted to also talk about seasons because I feel in the winter time, I get so much energy. The winter is when like my shifts really happen. I, when I look at my life and I file my years mentally, like I love new years. I love the start of a new year. I can always predict before the year, what kind of year it's going to be. I've always been spot on for real. If you want to talk to me, DM me, like I will tell you what type of year you're about to have because I just somehow have always known. I've always, like, it's creepy. I knew 2020 was going to happen in 2018 because when I was in 2018, I was in New York. 
I knew I was going to move to Amsterdam. And something urgently in my soul was like, get out, get out of New York before 2020, get out, it's all going to collapse. I, something in my, just repeating that in my head, is like, get out before 2020, get out before 2020. I, I felt like I was going crazy. And I went to the DMV to get an updated driver's license. And the woman at the counter, she was like, well, do you want to go ahead and make this a real ID? It was a new type of ID called the real ID. And I was like, what's that? She's like, well, in 2020, you're going to need to have your like your citizenship status and your vaccination status on a particular ID and it's going to change whether or not you need your passport flying blah 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 domestically but either way it was this whole thing about having a brand new kind of ID that was supposed to be rolled out in 2020 and that was my sign right then and there this was like a spring 2018 I was like I mean get the fuck out of New York get the fuck out before 2020 and I did I got out in 2019 and honestly I feel 2023 was a good year for me. A lot of things happened, but it was, this has finally been the year that, wow, I feel like me again. I'm back on the ball with things. And I know a lot of people haven't been talking about it. I, for me, COVID really affected me for real. It shifted. It was traumatic. It was beyond stressful. Moving to a new country for the first time. My money was crazy up and down. Everybody's was, but moving to a new country, new currency, new everything and a pandemic. It was, it was a lot. I don't even want to dive too much into what it was like, but yeah, it took me a while to, I think, heal from it and feel steady again. And finally, my lease renewed in my apartment, which I knew it would, but it's such a big deal to have your lease get renewed in Amsterdam. Like, I, I might as well own the place at this point. So it feels really good to know that this is my home now permanently in Amsterdam. They raise rent, but 50 euros extra a month, but it's permanently my home in Amsterdam till I buy. And that's such an amazing feeling. Now I feel like cool. Woo, I live in a beautiful neighborhood. And this year has been shown me why environment matters so much. And it's worth fighting for. Getting your life to the point where you feel like your best self and you are in your best, most ideal environment. This is priceless. You know, as somebody that I've made good money for years now. And I never have bought like a Chanel bag or anything like that. I would love it. Like, I'm not saying I don't want a Chanel bag or something like that. But all my money always goes to like the big things in my life. Like, I'm looking at my computer right now. I have these like 600 euro professionals fuck speakers, you know, like I'm looking at my entire setup. It's, it's thousands of computer equipment, you know what I mean? And mics and, and all this stuff. But like, you know... I carry like a, a purse that was like 20 euros. You know what I mean? It's cute. Like it's stylish. It looks expensive, but, and I'm actually getting better at that. Like I'm, I'm starting to invest more in like my appearance, but, and I guess it's something I got from my mom because I wear my clothes down. Like I wear them down and then I repair them and then I wear them down until the repairs fade out. And then I repair them again and then they fade the fuck out. And then I stop wearing them. Like that's, I don't know. I'm like that. I'm not, it's not that I dress bad either, but it's also just like I really with clothes and certain things and, and luxury and, and stuff. Those things matter. Like, I again, please, Zadi, I'm, I'm trying to get these Prada loafers. But what I'm saying is this is finally the year that I got into this environment where it was everything I wanted. It was the neighborhood and the apartment for the first time i'm living in the neighborhood that's dope and the apartments it's like i feel like i'm on some rich bitch energy and i love this feeling and it is 
elevating my whole life because I noticed myself for the first time starting to get a little more luxury products like luxury skincare and just getting like the big bottle of the Chanel perfume and not the one that's the cheapest at the time. Like I'm and just actually, if you get the bigger bottle, you save money. That's also something too. So get the bigger bottle of the perfume. You'll actually save money. But yeah. I just feel myself attracting more luxury and wealth because I'm in this environment of luxury and wealth physically. And even the environment with the people this year, I started training at new places and and making new friends. And I was like, wow, these people give me the space to express certain parts of myself more easily, more effortlessly, and feel more accepted. And that's also a big part of why I do personal training and group coaching, because it's all about creating a space where people can try and they can learn, they can grow, and they can feel safe to do it in, and they can feel like fun. Because, yeah, I think. Interestingly enough, when I lived in New York, it felt like if you weren't trying to be all sexy and stuff, like you you don't you didn't fit in. It felt like you kind of had to have your body out. You kind of had to constantly be showing skin. Like you're going to the club, like you really had to like amplify the sexiness. Like you couldn't be modest. And then I came here and it was like it seems like people dress very way more modestly. Like I almost feel weird showing too much cleavage or too much anything. So I like being in a space where I have that balance of like, yeah, I can be that hot, sexy girl, but I don't have to be like butt ass naked. But I also don't have to just be excessively moderate either. Like it's like finding that balance. So even finding balance in that and just having different seasons of my life as far as like I realize, like I was saying, I do really good in the wintertime. I grow a lot in the wintertime the big shifts in my life always seem to happen like in the winter time. When I look back, like I was saying, I index the year and I moved to Amsterdam in the winter time and I move apartments in the winter time and sort of like people like to work out a lot in the winter time. So when you're in fitness, January, February, March, you busy. Okay. I think the least busy time for fitness is like August. Like people in August, people just aren't there like people mentally. And even myself, I realized August is a good month for me to rest because I think it also comes down to the conditioning we had in grade school in America. It's like you had those three months off in the summer and it was like, you know, you go to school from September to June and then June that first month is like, you're just so excited to be off from school and everything's like a party and it's fun. And July, you're just July, you're in the thick of it. June is like when you're just getting started. You start sleeping in a bit, you start texting your friends, you start figuring it out. In June, you start making memories. July, the summer routine, the summer vibe has been established. Like you're just driving with the top down at the waterfall with your friends and grilling out hot dogs and vibing and on vacation. And when I think August hits, it's like, you're thinking about school, but you're tired and it's so hot and you're just inside watching movies. Like I always just remember August just being sort of like the staying up watching movies until 6 a.m. And, and the vacations aren't really happening anymore. You're kind of winding down. So just sort of understanding your seasons cyclically, I think is helpful. So that's why I'm, I'm buzzing right now because from November until, yeah, until about June, like I'm very like, high energy, active, really getting stuff done. Like my birthday's in April, spring. It's like winter. It's like, I know a lot of people rest in winter, but like I said, I get energized by the cold. So 
the cold energizes me. It makes me keep moving. I'm in the gym working with people. My birthday's in April, so I, I always want to just feel good around that time and make sure my life is in a good place around that time so I have a good birthday month. And then the summer hits and it's a little more, okay, playful, fun, not as serious. And then, yeah, August, August, September, a little sleepy month. And then I sleep, August, September, October, like sleepy for me. And then I start waking up in like November. Like I'm realizing these things about myself. And I think it's good to do self-reflection. It is. I realize when you self-reflect, you manifest so much faster and bigger. It's. I get annoyed with myself. I want to get into a better journaling practice. But at the same time, you know what it is too? You don't always have to be growing from where you're at. Like, I get it. We're always growing and life's always moving forward. But you don't, like, if you like where you're at, then like where you're at. Like, sometimes I get in my head, like, oh, I should have more followers by now. I should have a bigger brand. I don't post enough and I'm not consistent. And I get in my head, I'm like, no, girl, like you're on your own timeline. Like you really don't have to rush. This is your life and I don't really want to come back in the next one. But I think we all been around for more than one. I'm convinced. There's no proof, but it the concept of past lives, I'm for it. And even if it's not true, I still love it as a concept. So we roll in with it. I also Past lives, I can 100% get down with. I want to be able to get down with vampires because if that is true, somebody need to come bite me because I would love to be a vampire. That sounds cool as fuck. Vampires are always beautiful and hot and have superpowers. Like, that's... And they're immortal until, you know, but they're actually not because if you if you cut their head off or something, that's what I do in my free time, guys. When I'm cooking... <laughs> Y'all don't even know, like, the stuff I listen to. I am not a normal girl. Like, I know I look like an Instagram baddie, but I really listen to Reddit stories about, like, the worst crime scenes police have ever seen while I'm cooking a meal. And, like, I listen to the history of vampires and all that sort of stuff when I'm just cleaning. Like, I like weird, esoteric, interesting topics. Because I feel like my feed right now, it's a lot of dating men versus women content, which I find useful and it's a topic that we can always come back to and talk about, but sometimes it gets old to talk about real life stuff. And sometimes it gets boring to me to talk about personal development and growth because as much as it matters and meditation and lists and self-care, all that matters, of course, but life is also a mysterious, mystical, weird, fun place that isn't always just about you serving other people and helping other people get their shit together because i feel like that's all self-improvement alludes to is like get your shit together so you can help others and it's like I, i'm sick of helping others sometimes for real i'm not sick of helping other people get out of genocide let's not be ridiculous but with certain time with certain things it's like i'm all about reading books i'm all about growing and stuff but sometimes you got to get your own ideas from your own head and just roll with that for a bit. Like, I think this has also been these past year or two, I've had a, like a coachless, bookless year. Like, I have not really taken in anybody else's information. I've, I've listened to podcasts, and like I said, I've listened to stories. I've listened to stories and entertainment more in 2022 and 2023 than I ever have in my life. Like, I used to be that person that was like, well, if I'm going to read a book, it can't be fiction. I read fiction books all the time as a kid. That's all I read. 
do you remember Borders? There was a store, books and CDs. Growing up, my mom would take us there sometimes on weekends to get books. And at the book fair, we were always allowed to get as many books as we want. That was, I, my mom, shout out to that because she always had us reading. Like my vocabulary and my language skills are pretty top notch. Like she had us on this thing called Hooked on Phonics, which is like a baby reading program. Like I remember being two or three years old learning how to read with Hooked on Phonics. So reading has been a big part of my life actually up until Amsterdam. I didn't even really, I wasn't even on the podcast radar until I moved here because in New York and where I lived in, you know, Washington, D.C. and West Virginia, you take public transport and I never drove. So I've always been driven my whole life or I did public transport. So I would read books on my phone or just actual physical books. But in Amsterdam, since all my commuting's on bike, I listen. So I've been listening to books and podcasts. And, uh, but like I said, I've, I've been listening to podcasts because I feel like a podcast feels it feels like a phone call. It's such a nice feeling just to like have somebody kind of talking in your ear and you can just vibe and it's more of like a stream of consciousness. So stories and ideas through podcasts I've listened to, but nothing that's really like practical advice or educational because I have years and years of books like that. And I feel like sometimes you have to just fall back and then live the advice that they're giving. But this past two years has been living that advice and yeah, I, I will get back to reading books and learning because I, I would say most of the nonfiction books that I read, especially in New York City, because I'm a personal trainer and always genuinely want to learn about the mind as well as the body. I was always reading about habits, habits, success, the laws of power, how to win friends and influence, but mostly about habits, trauma. Like I said, my friend who has a master's in nutrition gave me a textbook to read on gut health and. So yeah, um, I would say I've done a lot of that sort of research. And the thing, another reason I got into personal training and my mind has always been good at kinesiology and stuff is because once you know it, you know it, hun. It, it, the gut is not going to change fundamentally in your lifetime. Your bone structure and how muscle, you know, you know, muscle is going to be muscle until you're dead. So if you know how to grow muscle and you know how to do nutrition and you know how to heal a gut, once it, it that's it so as far as like habits forming and and health and nutrition do i stay educated and up to date yes but like i said the human body isn't going to like change so much in your lifetime it's not at all actually like your eyes are your eyes that's it I'm not saying we can't learn and grow but all i'm saying is that with health and fitness like once you know how to do a squat properly like that's kind of it <laughs> so it's more about maintaining at a certain point. And obviously I teach people things, but what I'm saying is I've learned a lot. I know a lot at this point, I could be the one writing a book. So it's nice to be in that place too. When you've put 15 years into a career, just sort of knowing that like, Hey, you've educated yourself a lot. You don't have to educate yourself as much this year or two years. You can chill off the nonfiction books because yeah. I'll get back to them eventually. I'm just in that, I'm in that like main character sort of energy. Like I just, I want to romanticize my life because I feel like when I first moved to Amsterdam in 2019, it was like grinding. I was flying from New York. I was like, I have to keep momentum fucking up. I just left New York to a new country. Then the pandemic hit, that was straight survival. That was straight, uh-uh, not comfortable. 2023 happened, you know, things broke down, you know, moving to a new place, relationships ending, 
And so now it's recalibration. And now I'm recalibrated to who I love being. And that's such a great statement to make because I think in 2021, COVID really, I mean, it really affected me. I'm not going to lie. I didn't feel like myself. I gained all that weight. I just didn't look like myself. I was looking at pictures, my eyes. Like I just had this sort of like stuck look in my eyes. And, and even sometimes I'm out here and I'm like, damn, did I make the right choice? Like I do feel like I made the right choice, but I made a choice and I have to accept that my life has change because of it in a big way. And I think some things you can't see until you start looking back. And I thought, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of the people from New York, but when you leave and you can't just see them whenever, it does change the dynamic of certain friendships. And I knew that, but for some reason, it's like you're in denial of that feeling until it's really real, until it's like, oh shoot, yeah, my friends have come to visit me, but I may not see you again in person for a year or more. And that's sad. It's it's beautiful though, but like so many of my good friends have come to see me and it's been like amazing. And I'm so grateful that I have people that want to come see me and, and spend their time to come out here. But it's also sad too. It's like, wow, I, I can't just hop on the train and see you and we can't just grab a quick lunch and we're not going to run into each other at the gym. And even like my twin brother is like, oh shoot. Even though he was eight hours away, yeah, I could rent a car and be there the same day. Now it's different. So you know that's going to be the case, but it's, it hits different when it becomes reality is all I'm saying. And yeah, just being so far away from home. And it, 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 when you move to a foreign country by yourself <laughs> and you're the only one in your family in that country, there's a lot of existential dread. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's been dope, but... Honey, the existential dread has been, but I'll, I love it. I'm all about the adventure and I think it's just going to make me make good music. I've been, I've been so fucking lost just like everybody else, but I've found a good place in where I'm lost. And that is the best place to be. I feel like life's a jungle. I feel the frequency of the jungle constantly. I'm also Congolese, according to my, my twin brother took a 23andMe DNA test and it said we're from the Congo, so, which also is like a low key identity crisis because my dad's from Tanzania, all my family's from Tanzania, but Tanzania did not get lit up at all on our DNA test from what I remember. It was like we're Congolese and Ethiopian, which is dope. I fuck with the Congo so much, man. I hate how they're mining and, and, and there's just, there's also whew, so much corruption in the Congo beyond, but I feel my heartbeat there too, man. I feel so African. Like I am, but I feel so African. Like when I hear Afrobeat music, my heart is healed. And that's actually why I'm moving in that direction musically. Like, I went to a party in February of 2023 and it was the first time really being in an all Afrobeats party. And I instantly fell in love. Like it was like an instant shift. I was like, yep, this is my new favorite music. I said that that night to the friend that took me and they were like, what? And I was like, no, this is my new favorite music. Like, this is actually it. This is the, this is the music that I'm meant to hear and make and create. And this is the vibe. And this entire year, that's all I care about. Musically, all I care about is Afrobeats. Not even like fear, like for real, for real. That's all I care about. And it just hits, man. 
it just hits. Because I do play classical music and I play flute. And I feel like, honestly, I have so much conductor vibes, like an orchestra conductor. And somebody told me that I felt like that. I was like, maybe I was a conductor in a past life too, because whenever you're teaching any sort of dance class, like I've taught dance classes, spin classes, you're leading a whole group musically. And I, I just somehow easily can get in a group of people and move people to music like a conductor. But yeah, this music just hits my soul different for real. And I was waiting for that feeling because all throughout the pandemic, musically, I was so lost. And I came over to Amsterdam with my DJ business. That's actually the lawyer that wrote up all my stuff and convinced the Dutch government to let me live here. Literally, sorry, just gotta turn off my space heater. I got a space heater up on under me and kind of makes me a little, a little woozy when it gets too hot. But anyways, he actually, it was my DJing business that he got. That's how I got my permit. So if you look at my business, it's actually DJing and music production. But I came here and like I was doing some dubstep stuff and I was doing dance music. That was always the feeling I wanted to create. It, I feel like it's been so much for me. My life has been a journey of like remembering. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Maybe you feel that way as far as like every year that I'm alive, I feel like I am. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's like re-remembering so many things. And there's this thing called human design where basically it's a sort of system that teaches you about who you are as a person and your traits, your sort of character and personality traits and and behavioral traits based off of your birth's uh, astrological sign chart. So if you go to like myhumandesign.org, you can find your chart if you just put in your date of birth and birth time and city and everything like that. And it's not something I really go to a lot, but it does ring true in so many things because everybody's a super custom, okay? Nobody has the same at all. So it's very custom and you know, I do believe in these things, astrology and, and certain ancient wisdoms and sciences. Like, that's why I believe in, in Chinese herbs so much. Like, if yo-ish has been around for like 6,000 years and it's been working for 6,000 years, like, bitch, like, I'm sold. It's the same with astrology. Like, I know it's, it's very much and tarot. I love it. I do enjoy these things. I wouldn't say, like, I'm a diehard, like, as somebody... I do enjoy it though. I do enjoy it and I do believe in it. But like, let's say 10 out of 10 is like, you live it, you're a tarot astrology gypsy with a telescope and you know about all the constellations. That's like a 10. And a one is like, you absolutely hate it. And like, you, you think it's the devil. I'm like a seven. Like I'm, I'm more than enough, like more than averagely convinced, but it's also not everything to me. Um, I should probably buy a tarot deck. I don't see, I don't even have a tarot deck, but like I do watch it on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, human design, I'm a splenic projector. So what that means is that I'm a projector. That's my role in life is that I'm somebody that guides people. That's something that I'm meant to do. I'm, I'm meant to help people open their minds and show them new ways of life. And I also manifest through my gut. So I get these crazy gut instinct downloads and that's how my life is directed. And it's with the little things too, like on an everyday basis. All I do is listen to my intuition and my gut will tell me, you know, what I want to eat or even 
hmm, which way should you ride your bike today? Which route should you take to go here? Or, you know, should you go to this supermarket or that supermarket? Or even, you know, like I said, if I ever get a headache, I always know why. It's like, oh, because you ate that weird shit yesterday. You kind of got, you know, food poisoning, something weird, you know? So for me, with the music thing, I was waiting for that feeling because it first hit me in 2014 with like house music. I was like, whoa, this dance music, the way people are dancing. And it was also what was popular at the time, which is so weird that these song, these things, the music is, is popular, but it's also, I connect with it so much because actually all music is popular at the time. Like if you're into rock, you're going to know what's on the radar for rock. If you're into whatever, you're going to know what's on the radar. But anyways, EDM and dance music just hit me. It was like that Calvin Harris, Zed moment, Usher, David Guetta. And it was the harmonies and it was the music and it was the way people were moving. I loved seeing how the people were moving on the dance floor. So that's really what got me into EDM and house and raves. I was about the whole culture. I wasn't necessarily about all aspects of the music, though. I always felt the music was a little bit too four to the floor, too square with the beats. Like house beat is just. And this beat is very straightforward and like you can't miss it. But on a dance floor, when I was at the Afrobeats party, this is the Afrobeat. It's called Clave. And it just sonically creates so much more space to dance and to move and it feels more free than the four to the floor feeling but that feeling of aliveness in the music and i i instantly rode that wave i knew i was supposed to do something in the dance music edm space and then i ended up being an edm dj in new york for five years and it took me to amsterdam you know and then but when i got here and i started playing more gigs I was like, uh, I don't know, none of this is, it, it's not doing what it did. And I felt really weird about it. I was like, this, the music isn't doing what it did. It's not giving me the energy. It's, I didn't know if it was because I was in a new city. Well, I think a big part of it was that when I DJed in New York, I had a whole crew of people with me, which felt really fun to not only show up to a party with the party goers, but like to have people in your crew to DJ with. So I, I was like, is it because I'm missing the crew? But no, it wasn't. It was because it, that music was just sort of fading out of my heart. And I guess being in a new environment just sort of made me aware that I needed a new music to go with it. But then the pandemic hit, wasn't able to do all that. So I had a season, like I said, I want to talk about seasons. I had a season in my life where musically I was kind of hibernating and I was listening to music, trying to find a sound. And I was listening to artists that I never thought I'd listen to their complete discographies and all these different types of genres like funk and disco and like listening to albums from the sixties, like the matadors, like people you've never heard of the OJs, like you've heard of them, but you haven't, you know what I mean? Like listening to Curtis Mayfield's entire discography. And like, I love that music. I love disco. I love rock. Like I went to see Paramore for my birthday. Like I love indie rock. So start playing the bass, started just, Maybe I was like, I'm going to go in this rock direction. I started listening to thrash metal. I don't listen to metal guys, but I did because I was just, I was searching and searching and waiting for this feeling of, and I loved Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia, yo. That album is gold, man. That, because it's all disco samples. It's pretty much just Donna Summer flipped. That's why it's so good. But 
I just couldn't find music that actually moved me enough to create it enough to make DJ sets and to do the music thing on the level that I was doing it before until Afrobeats came into my consciousness. And it just was something clicked. I was like, boom, this is the, the direction you're going now, like for real. And I, I love it. I'm very happy with that direction and that beat and that rhythm. And even my song Bubblegum that I released, somebody said, it sounds like some Sean Paul shit. And he meant it as an insult, but I was like, yes, I fucking love Sean Paul. Like I need to go see him live. And he's one of those artists, I, you never, I never even thought I loved his music. I never even thought, it was like, yeah, Sean Paul, of course. But like, hold up a second. Like, I actually listen to Sean Paul, like, every day without even knowing it. Like, he's in every single one of my workouts, every single one of my workout classes. There's going to be some Sean Paul. And, and like, I didn't even realize it until I was like, oh, shoot, man. It's Sean Paul every day. <laughs> and that's a compliment because I love his music, you know? And I was even having this thought today, like, because I had the conversation with somebody, and I think he always was just trying to, you know how sometimes people just want to be the devil's advocate or just, but that's fine because that's cool. Even if you want to just try to go against me, I'm down for that conversation because I just like to have a conversation. So if you want to just try to go against everything I say and we talk about the pros and cons, that's dope. You know, I'm always down to keep it real about anything. And I'm always willing to hear both sides. It's not always easy to get to that point where you can be unbiased, but I like to hear the other side. And we were talking because I was like, I don't know, because I want to make music that you can dance to. He's like, you can literally dance to all music. He's like, all music is dance music. Like, you can go to an Adele concert and you can dance and you can go to a Motley Crue concert and you can dance and you can go to all these different types of music and dance. So I was like, uh, but not really. Not in my mind. Like I went to Paramore and like I was head banging and and singing and like my hands were up, but it wasn't the same as like if you go to a rave, I mean people are shuffling, people are dancing. Like it's all about the dance floor. And it's the same with Afrobeats, the way people dance, it's a dance floor. And that music, I love it, it's great, but it's not like the most sonically complicated. Like Afrobeats music is extremely simple. And there's music, and so to me, I was saying there's music that you listen to, like Queen. I will resurrect Freddie Mercury. Like I, Freddie Mercury is my favorite human on the planet. Like Queen to me is the pinnacle of music. Like they are my favorite band. But I'm not gonna make music like Queen. And if you go to a Queen concert, you're not really gonna dance. Like yeah, they have. I do a whole actually a spin class that is a Queen and ABBA spin class. And like you can move to Queen's music. I'm not saying you can't move to it but like i think the closest thing they have to dance music is like radio gaga and that's not even dance music and freddie mercury actually did try to have like a dance club music sound it didn't work for him when he went solo for a bit nobody listens to that like, it was great because it's him but it's it he's not meant for like that cheap poppy dance feel and i'm not saying i'm making cheap poppy dance music but yeah, I make it not cheap at all. I don't like that. But you know what I'm saying? It's a different vibe. Like the music that you dance to at the club, it needs to be a little more rhythmic and a little more f like you got to keep the beat for longer. Like a dance music track is like six minutes of because you need to keep the flow and, and people like the repetition. It doesn't mean that it's not a song and, and it doesn't have musicality and it doesn't have like a start, middle and end. But it's also just a different energy, right? There's dance music. That's just, you know, for dancing. And that's like, for me, it's like Afrobeats and house music. It could just keep you 
moving. Like I'm all about music as movement because think about it. You can go to a yoga class and listen to sound bowls. I love that. I appreciate music of all kinds, really. Sad, weird music, bad music. Like Taylor Swift is a perfect example. Her music is not good to me, but I listen to it sometimes. I think I think I probably listen to Taylor Swift like I don't know, you know, I like one or two songs of her a year. Like I'll actually go out of my way to be like, yeah, I want to hear that. But like, her music isn't that great, but people love it, and I'm happy for her. Like you're allowed to put out bad music because people will resonate with it. Some people. It, and we all like some bad music and we all like some great music. Like not all music has to be 11 out of 10, you know, Freddie Mercury, Bach, Beethoven, classical, Hans Zimmer hits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all I want to say is that, yeah, it, there's a time and a place for all kinds of music. And for me, I want to make music that moves people physically. So did that cover today's show? Did we talk about... My bougie self-care routine, which actually isn't that bougie. I think I probably, like that whole subscription, I pay like 150 a month to freeze myself and to red light, which is like reasonable. And then I think my nails once a month is like 100. So now we get like 250. And I have like this CBD. I take supplements and yeah, I'd say my self-care, just like wellness supplements, you know, like the sauna and nails, you know, $250, $300 a month. So I don't even, is that bougie? Yeah, for some people. For me, that's, I consider that reasonable because some people on YouTube would be like, my $20,000 beauty routine and they're getting all the Botox and fillers and stuff. I'm never going to do Botox and fillers. That's just not... I do face yoga plus the red light therapy really in the cryotherapy. If you do cryotherapy and red light therapy, your skin is going to stay tight. Think about it. If you put something in the freezer, it preserves it. Okay. So you do that every day. I'm in the freezer every day in a negative temperature. The chill stays in your body for a few hours afterwards. So it's like, you know, you're freezing your body and then I'm going into red light. And the reason red light is good is because it actually can go into all seven layers of your skin and into your muscle and bone and ligament tissue for healing that's why it's so effective it's like you're healing and tightening and healing from the seventh layer like your ligaments and tendons and bones are improving so all the structure under your skin is also healing and getting rid of inflammation and improving so if you do that you don't need any of the botox or anything and i do face yoga i, I do guashing i have the korean skincare girl let me tell you this korean skincare stop stop playing if it's not all korean skincare Throw everything away and get Korean skincare. Stop. Stop this podcast. Throw everything away and get Korean skincare. Because, <laughs> girl, I have, I have a friend. She bougie. Charlene. Hey, girl. Um, I just got her on all this Korean skincare, and she loves it. And she was, she's also, she's 10 times more bougie than me when it comes to all this beauty and makeup and stuff. She's like Sephora fiend. You know what I mean? Like, top-notch Fenty everything. And, like, she, and the prices of Korean skincare are so good. And it makes your skin look like glass. You look young. It's healthy. It's vitamins. Not American. Guys, we're not doing American brands. We're not doing European brands. We're only doing Korean and Japanese skincare. Thank me later. So, I mean, I don't buy skincare every month, though. I think I buy skincare twice a year. And it's crazy because in New York, I'm not even kidding. I with My facials a month were costing me like three, four hundred. And then I was buying all this crazy skincare stuff. And I think it was the food that was breaking me out, though. So I was spending like 
four or five hundred a month on my face in New York. It was getting unsustainable. Now I my face is free almost because the skincare lasts at least six months. You know, I get everything, all 10 steps of that Korean 10 step for like 150 every six months. So like 300 a year. You know what I mean? That's like. Yeah. Korean skincare. Thank me later. Anyways, um, and that's kind of it. I mean, if you eat right and get enough sleep, you don't need to do that much other self-care. And then ah, one last thing before I head out, there was this meme that was like, are you healed? Or are you just trying not to think about it? Or are you just not thinking about it anymore? And I was like, isn't that the whole point? Like, I thought people went to therapy and, and did all this stuff to train their mind to not think about that thought. Because when you have trauma, it doesn't mean that that situation goes away or that those thoughts, you know, that you've had go away. It means, to me, I thought actually not thinking about that thing meant that you are healed because you're able to shift your focus somewhere else. So it's clearly not bothering you enough for you to be thinking about it. So like, don't just blindly agree with everything you see on social media. Just because somebody put a quote on a cute picture and, and it got 10,000 likes doesn't mean that idea is that sufficient. And I'm not saying that their idea is wrong and we could dive into it. We, that could be a whole podcast episode. But I was like, what? Yeah, I did all this mindset work and meditation so I could literally control my thoughts and not think about that thing. <laughs> like, I thought that was what it was about. And I get what they're saying, like, oh, you're, are you avoiding it? I, there's a difference between, like, suppressing and stuffing something down. But, like, if you've addressed the trauma, hit the root of it, done some workshops on it, done some meditation on it, I mean, what else can you do but stop thinking about it at a certain point, right? It's like you, 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 you give it the attention it needs so you can get to a point where you stop thinking about it. So that's what I wanted to say about my self-care, the cycles of my life, and whatever else we're supposed to talk about. And I hope that I hope that you enjoy this podcast. I got links in my bio if you're interested in the one-on-one training coaching. And otherwise, leave a five-star review because it really does help share the message. And until next time, you stay fit and you stay lit. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something useful and enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did, please feel free to take a screenshot of today's episode and post it in your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag me at AminaZena underscore fitness because I want to meet you and I want to shout you out. So thanks again. And until the next time, stay fit, stay lit.